Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, your Wednesday, your Friday morning podcast. It is Friday. We did it. Congratulations. We have made it to another weekend, and that's exciting. It's something worth celebrating, and I'm glad that you're spending some time with me. I always love my Ride or Die crew, the people that always listen to my podcast no matter what time of year it is. In season, out of season, NFL draft, free agency, doesn't matter. You always tune in three days a week. I appreciate you. My ride or die crew is the best. On top of that, though, I do want to say I hope you're checking out some of our other shows and other content. I would not recommend them if I don't listen myself. So when I say, if you're not listening to what Yin's talking about, and whether you're the stat geek on Thursday mornings, and you know I love the morning lineup not just because I'm on it, but because I think Jeffrey Benedict's cutting room floor is tremendous. The noon shows are really growing on me. Uh, the war room with Maddie Peverell, the the Steelers fix with Andrew Wilbar uh, and Jeremy Betts, my buddy Jerome, who will be on in the second half of this show. Bad language with Brian Davis, all that stuff. Make sure you check them out. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts in case you're just listening to this on Twitter or even on the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Go to anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, you name it, search Steelers. We'll be there. If you can't find it for whatever reason, look for Behind the Steel Curtain, and then you'll definitely find us. So check us out. So, you know, we always start the show here. Every single time there's news we're going to talk about. It really hasn't been much news. Ah, who am I kidding? Since the last time we talked, Minka Fitzpatrick signs a new contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a four-year extension, a five-year contract, as the Steelers are calling it. They say it's a new five-year contract. Some are calling it a four-year extension. Either way, Minka Fitzpatrick is locked up in the black and gold for the next five years, and I have to be honest, this gets me so excited. And I'm going to talk about this a lot today, and I just want to get my thoughts and feelings out on it right right off the bat. My knee-jerk reaction was, first, wow, for a lot of reasons. Second reaction was, great, this is fantastic. The defense is loaded up now. They've locked in the players that they value the most. I feel like this defense is going to be special for a lot of reasons. But the one thing I wanted to talk about today in the first half of this show, the Steelers signed Minka. Now what? I think that's where Steeler fans are right now in a mental space. They're saying, okay, they got that deal done, but now what? Now what do we do? Now what do they do? What's the next step? What's the next thing for the Steelers? Okay, so Minka signs that five-year deal, the four-year extension. Want to make some numbers known. And Dave Schofield did a great job breaking these down on his Stat Geek podcast Thursday morning. But then afterwards, we're starting to find the numbers start to come out. I think it was Field Yates of ESPN released some of the numbers for this contract. So his new contract, his being Minka Fitzpatrick, it actually decreases his salary cap hit to $2.5 million this year. We predicted this would happen. They did it last year with T.J. Watt. They did it again this year because that fifth-year option is a one-year deal. It is a pretty big contract. Uh, I think Binkas was over $10 million. It decreases it to about four. They end up saving all in all about $2.5 million, which now you look at their overall cap space, they had about 20 and a half. That's going to make it around 23, give or take. It's not an exact number, but around 23 
million dollars the Steelers have in salary cap space. Oh, that's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. Now that this will change, Kenny Pickett is the only NFL, or I, I guess I mean, he might be the only first round pick, but he's the only Steelers draft pick yet to sign. And when he does sign his deal, that will count, and that number will decrease. But still, they're going to have around $20 million in cap space. And so, again, with with this more cap space, you have to ask yourself, well, now what? Well, I want to make something known here. That I'm Dave Schofield talked about this. We're on the same wavelength because I haven't talked to him about it. And that is that myself and all the fan base, we are learning about Omar Khan every step of the way. We all make assumptions out of what the Steelers usually did or do based on what Kevin Colbert did since he was hired in 2000. This is what people have to remember. Yes, they chose an in-house hire. And yes, that typically means that that person is going to stick with what the predecessor did. And there's going to be a lot of things I guarantee you that Omar Khan says... I'm just going to do this the same way because it's the way it's always been done. I like the way that it's been done, and therefore we're just going to keep going with it. And that's fine. But you cannot tell me that you as an individual, whatever you do for a living, I don't care if you flip burgers at McDonald's, you might see a manager and you might say, yeah, that's a good manager. And that guy's taught me a lot. But if I ever had the chance to be that manager, if I ever got promoted, if that guy left or that girl left and I got to do that job, well, I'd do some things different. I would do some things different. Some ideas that maybe they wouldn't go for, I would do it different. This isn't a disservice or a cut on Kevin Colbert, but Omar Khan is doing things his way. Every step, like I said, we are learning more about Omar Khan as the Pittsburgh Steelers general manager. We're going to learn as much about him as we do about the decisions that he makes. I'll give you an example. There's been two big decisions that Omar Khan has been faced with so far this offseason. And decisions were made, even though it might not look like it. The first one was, Stefan Tua retires. Now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to do the knee jerk? Are you going to go out and sign someone right away? Try to fill that void? Fill that roster spot? No, he didn't. He didn't. He waited. He was patient. I suggested that they did that. I'm glad he listened. He's part of the Ryder Die crew, probably, for all I know. And then you have this now Minka Fitzpatrick deal. If you were like me and all the other people behind the steel curtain, we all thought the same thing. All the fans thought the same thing. And that was... The Steelers are going to deal with this the way they did T.J. Watt. And what that means is they're going to wait. And they're going to be patient. And they're going to have their sticking points. And they're going to want them, they're going to want the contract to look a certain way. And they're going to work with the agents. And they're going to get a deal done, but it's probably not going to be until end of training camp, preseason time. And that's exactly the timeline that T.J. Watt had last offseason. Not with Omar Khan, at least not so far. Well, what have we seen? Waited weeks, not even a, yeah, basically a week since training camp was out, and he's out there, he's like, okay, not training camp, mini camp, my apologies, misspoke. Mini camp's done, Minka Fitzpatrick, here's your new deal, sign on the dotted line, let's make the move, let's make it. And that was a smart move, it was a brilliant move in a lot of ways. They are getting Minka Fitzpatrick, it took weeks, Minka said it himself, it took weeks. You know, Art Rooney II at the end of last season said it was a priority. He said that he think he told Missy Matthews of Steelers.com that Minka Fitzpatrick's deal is a priority for us this offseason. 
They didn't have any negotiations. According to Minka Fitzpatrick, at his press conference after signing this lucrative contract, makes him the highest-paid safety in the National Football League. He said that, you know what, a couple weeks ago, Omar Khan and Art Rooney II started contacting him and said, let's get these negotiations started. Weeks. That's it. It took weeks. Is this a sign of things to come? Like, that's a good question. Now, you might look at Minka and say, man, this guy's getting paid so much money. Just like with TJ Watt, just like with Cam Hayward, there's going to come a time where you're going to look at this contract and say, wow, what a steal. What a steal. I can't believe they got Minka Fitzpatrick to sign that contract. And even Minka Fitzpatrick in his press conference said how there's going to be another player that comes and gets a bigger, more lucrative deal. Maybe it's a Jesse Bates of the Cincinnati Bengals who is has been franchise tagged, who wants a new deal, deserving of a new deal, and maybe it's him that says, I want to reset the market, in which case he gets that big contract. Now he is the highest paid safety in the game, and that's when you're going to look back on Minka Fitzpatrick's deal and say, it's a good deal. Glad the Steelers got that done. But still, is this a sign of things to come? What next? What does does the team do next? That's the question everyone wants to know. Well, there's two players that are going to want new contracts. And the one thing, and we're going to start with Deontay Johnson. I talked about this in previous podcasts. We're going to approach it with a little different angle here. Now that Minka's deal is done, it's it's definitely different. It changes the whole narrative. It changes the storyline. I don't want you to think it's going to be the same old regurgitated information. So Deontay Johnson wants a new contract. He has one year left on his deal. And there's already been people, I know that uh, I think Dave Schofield said this on the Scobro Show, with his brother Rich and Bradley Locker. Make sure you check that show. It was a very good show this week. And they said how, you know, typically the Steelers don't negotiate or deal with contracts until a player's in the last year of their deal, unless they're a quarterback. And that is true in the past regime. Like, this is one of those things. We don't know. We have no idea if the Steelers are going to keep that principle or if someone like an Omar Khan is going to look at a player like a Najee Harris, and before that fifth-year option even kicks in, says, I know enough to know I want this guy in Pittsburgh for the long haul, and I know I don't want to pay him what it's going to be in two years. Now, the running back position is different than the wide receiver position. The wide receiver market is skyrocketing like the price of gasoline in the United States, and anyone that has a car knows exactly what I'm talking about. Every single deal that's done, whether it's Hunter Renfro or these big-time deals, I'm thinking about A.J. Brown when he was traded to the Eagles and the Eagles gave him a new deal, Tyreek Hill from Kansas City to Miami, it doesn't matter which way you want to go, every single wide receiver that's getting a contract is a big-money deal. So this is one of those things where the old regime, they probably would wait. But will Omar Khan wait? And if he really likes Deontay Johnson... And I'm warming up to this, by the way. I'm warming up to maybe signing Deontay Johnson and maybe doing it before the season. Because you got a guy like Terry McLaughlin, or I think that's how you say his name, from the Washington Commanders. What a stupid name. Anyways, you got the Washington receiver, who the former Ohio State receiver, who he's holding out a minicamp. He's losing money. He wants a new deal. So he's probably going to set the market when he gets that deal. If Omar Khan is, he's like, okay, We want Deontay Johnson to stay in Pittsburgh. And we want to give him what he feels he deserves, but we're not trying to wait anymore. We want to get him now before the market continues to skyrocket. 
And it might only be a two-year extension or a three-year extension, but they might be able to get him now before things continue to escalate, which could very well happen. When you look at these wide receiver contracts that are being handed out, it looks like it could happen. So another option here for the Steelers in terms of financials, which, hey, aren't you glad the Steelers hired a financial guy, a a contract guy as your general manager? It's not so much that you have to wonder, can Deontay Johnson do the job? He can do the job, but it's, can we get him at the right time at the right price? That's why you have Omar Khan making those calls. So I could definitely see Deontay Johnson getting a new deal with Minka Fitzpatrick. That is in the rearview mirror. He is signed on the dotted line. The guy is in black and gold for the next five years unless something crazy happens. So let's talk about the other player, though. I don't want to overlook Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell. Now, I did say this in a past podcast, and I want to change some. I want to make sure I make a very clear statement. I said that he was due, I think this was on Wednesday, and this is true. After this year, he'll be an unrestricted free agent, and he is a $4.9 million salary cap hit this year. It is unlikely the Steelers would get much cap relief from a new contract for Chris Boswell, but that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it. That doesn't mean that the team won't make that deal. So Chris Boswell needs a deal, but then it's not so much like, okay, should they do Chris Boswell now or later? Deontay Johnson now or later? It's If they're going to get one done, and only one, which comes first? I think they could get both done personally with the cap space they have left, the way that they write contracts, how the first year of that contract is typically very, very low, very team-friendly deal. Who gets one first? That's the question. And so you look at Deontay Johnson, I feel like that's the one I would target first. I would say, look, Deontay, you want to be here. We want you here. We want to show you that you are a top-tier wide receiver, and we're going to pay you like such. I would want to get that deal done now before it gets more lucrative. If he has a big year, it's only going to cost you more money. If you get it now, I don't think I don't see Deontay Johnson going backwards. Let me put it that way. I don't see him regressing. I only see him getting better, and that's important. I still want Chris Boswell to get it done, though. I definitely, definitely want to get that done. So with all the contract stuff behind us, I wanted to do a random thought. This actually came from a Ride or Die crew member, RJ, who actually sent me a tweet and said, is it Tuesday? I have a question. I was like, what's the question? And he actually said a couple things. I'll read it here, and then I'll answer it before we take a break, and I have uh, a second half, Jerome Betts on. So RJ says, first off, don't listen to the Steelers wire. Don't worry, I don't. Second, some people are mad now that Derek Watt's the highest paid offensive player this year, but that's because he's the special teams captain. He's good on special teams. What's your thoughts on him being the highest paid offensive player? Dave Schofield did an entire podcast on Derek Watt and him being a special teams captain. Check that podcast out. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, Derek Watt is the highest paid offensive player. I, I, just the other day on Twitter, I, I forget who it was. I could look it up, but I, I don't feel like it right now. Uh, he said that, that the Steelers have the most expensive defense and the cheapest offense in the NFL. Well, of course. I mean, you have Cam Hayward on a big deal. T.J. Watts gets a monster deal last year. Now Minka Fitzpatrick gets a monster deal. And you have all these situations. Now you look on the offense. Look how young the offense is. There's no Ben Roethlisberger $40 million cap hit over there. Mason Rudolph is like a $5 million cap hit or something like that. Trubisky, very low cap hit. Pickett, rookie. The quarterback is where you have your biggest cap hits on an NFL roster. I don't care where they rank. It's They are clearly... The Steelers are clearly building a team 
that is built around the defense, the defense that is going to make plays, win games. And I say that definitively. And I say it definitively because that's what they have to do in 2022 is the defense might have to win them games. Okay? Let's, uh, you all understand what I'm saying? Not keep them in games, win games. So you bolster the defense, and plus that'll even out for sure when Najee Harris gets a new deal, if Deontay Johnson gets a new deal, when the quarterback needs a new deal, it'll all even itself out. So don't worry about those numbers. They mean absolutely nothing. All right, second half's coming up. It's all bets are off time with Jerome, Jeremy Betts, and make sure you stay tuned till the very end. A very special heart-to-heart. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, second half, Friday, let's ride. You know what it means. It's time for me to bring in a guest, and this time it is always. It's the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jerome? How's it going? It's going great. I got off of work a little early today, so I'm feeling good. And that's that's fantastic. And you've got, yeah. hey, Father's Day weekend coming up. You excited? I am. It's only my second one, so I am pumped to be a dad and uh although my little girl's probably not getting me anything i think i'll spend a little cash on myself this weekend how about that? there you go there you go yeah. that's good so you got no big plans or anything well not necessarily um we've been just doing a lot of work around the house so i'm i'm loading up on tools and material for home projects all the time so always growing that that tool shed outside yeah, so. for sure yeah. <laughs> i get it i get it i get it I'm going to head back to Wheeling, West Virginia, be back with my family back home okay. while everyone's going back. So it should be a lot of fun. They don't want to hear it. Ryder die crew wants to hear us talk about the Steelers. And I've, you know what the first question is going to be. Yeah. Make a Fitzpatrick four year extension, five new five year contract. However you want to word it. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. When you saw the news break, which you were the one that put it in the breaking news Slack channel. What was your thought? I was like, wow, big contract, but well-deserved. I, you know, Minka has been, a, such a vital part of this defense and especially last year. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit later too, just uh, how he filled in a, a, a role of, Hey, this, this run defense is, is not good. Let me jump in here and, and tackle people. <laughs> we yeah. need somebody to tackle people. So he took it upon himself to do that. I think the, the team recognized that he was one of their, their better options in that area. And so, you know, we didn't see necessarily the splash plays as in as frequent uh, uh, as frequently this last year. But you know, he he made big plays when needed. He was called upon a lot to do some dirty work, and he did it. He's one of the best in the league at safety. 
and uh, the Steelers were wise to lock him up before some of these other young guys got contracts as well. So, yeah, that's a good point. Talked about that in the first half of the show, but I mean, he's the highest paid safety now in the NFL. Is there any hesitation or was there any hesitation for you at all about the Steelers doing that, making him the highest paid safety in the national football league? No hesitation for me. I, I think you, it's so hard to find really, really good players. Um, when you do, you keep them if you can. And they could, they did. This team is going to need this defense to be the best version of itself in 2022 to be have a successful season. And uh, you don't do that by letting a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick walk, even though you have to set a new market uh, or set the market value at the safety position. I think you do it. They did it. And uh, so no hesitation for me. No, I don't. And the, but the safety position is, is a weird one. It, it's, it's kind of been devalued uh, right. in the National Football League. Would you say which position has been devalued more, safety or running back, in your opinion? I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say running back because in the traditional sense of what a running back is, you're, you don't see that as much anymore. There's there's a few out there that handle a huge workload on a regular basis and uh, are just pure runners of the football. I think you look at guys like Nick Chubb and you look at guys like Zeke Elliott and um, Derek Henry as kind of the last of a, of a dying breed of guys that are strictly runners that you hand the ball off to 20, uh, 25 times a game and uh, just let them run the football. And so they're becoming more versatile weapons. You've got, uh, I think it a lot of it started with Le'Veon Bell and and that type of situation where he he was an all round player and uh, you had some guys before him too but he was probably one of the best that kind of led into that this is what we're all looking for uh, at the running back position now and they're they seem to be easier to find um, as far as we don't need to spend a first round pick on the this guy uh, or this type of guy we can find him later. I think safeties, you you still have uh, – there's so much nuance in, in passing games nowadays. There's so such a higher rate of, of uh, throwing the football for offenses that you've got to have good safeties. You've got to have good players in the secondary. So, to me, the safety position has not been as devalued, um, especially ball-hawking free safeties like Minka Fitzpatrick. The strong safety position, which – often plays up in the box and you get uh, more of a, a smaller linebacker version of play that seems to be the more of the side of the safety position that is being devalued. You just named all those running backs. So just, this is just off the top of my head. You had Chubb, Elliot, Henry, you put Najee Harris in that category as an old school guy, or do you think he's still more dual threat that he wouldn't fall into that category? Uh, he's an old school runner uh, in style. He's a bruising back, but I think he brings a lot to the table as a pass catcher, as a, a guy who can actually get out and, and run routes um, like a, a receiver can. So I put him in more of that Le'Veon Bell territory as far as what he can do in the passing game. But that's not to say his, his running style isn't old school. He's got a, he's got an old school vibe in that, in that regard, but just the way he was used last year, I think, um, led the league in catches or 
pretty close from the running back position. Yeah. One of the top ones there. Uh, that's that's not the same type of player as Chubb, Henry, Elliott. No, that's a great point. Uh, you, something you said about the safeties. When I think back to even Troy Polamalu's era, I mean, there were mm-hmm. some safeties that were you were just you wanted to watch them. You know, right. whether it's Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed, Troy yeah. Polamalu, I could go down the list. Do you see those those type of players at the safety position in the NFL right now? I mean, you can talk about Jamal Adams, but he's kind mm-hmm. of that box safety guy that yeah. you just mentioned. I mean, I don't know. I just don't see that the star studded lineup. Do you? I don't either. I, the difference makers seem to be on the edges at cornerback. Um, and then along the, the front seven of the defense as well, that's where you see the, the real money being spent. But I think Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the few outliers in the league. Derwin James, when healthy, is somebody I can you can throw in there. Even uh, uh, Justin Justin Simmons, I believe, from the Broncos. He's got a lot of that center fielder style of play to him. Uh, you know, these guys are a little more of a rare breed in the Ed Reed mold, where we're gonna sit back there and we're gonna make your quarterback make a mistake and and take the ball away. Um, those guys are the ones who still get the get the money. I know uh, Jamal Adams was kind of a different story, but the Seahawks gave up draft picks for this guy. Um, they set themselves back in that area. It was kind of a, a wonky trade, uh, even looking back on it now. And now they're paying the price, having to pay him that huge contract. And what's he really doing for their defense and their team as a whole? It remains to be seen from that box safety set, like you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, safety position aside, the Steelers have actually created a little bit more salary cap space for themselves. Now, this is before Kenny Pickett has signed his contract, but right now they're sitting on roughly a ballpark $23 million of cap space. Let's say you are Omar Khan. Okay. Now, Omar Khan, he made the move with Minka Fitzpatrick. When that deal being done, to me, that man, that opens the doors for a lot of other stuff to maybe happen, yes. maybe happen the rest of this offseason. We know Deontay Johnson wants a deal. We know Chris Boswell wants a deal, which if you're, again, you're Omar Khan, you know how much cap space you have, which player are you approaching to get a deal done first? Now that Minka's done and out of the way. I think I'd go uh, Chris Boswell this year. Um, He's one of the best kickers in the league. I think him and Justin Tucker, as far as consistency goes, uh, just are, have set themselves apart. Maybe not the biggest leg, uh, in Boswell, but a guy who, you know, you're going to get three points when he walks out onto the field for the most part. So uh, I think like we talked about with Deontay Johnson a couple weeks ago, I think you wait till after this year, you see how Claypool and George Pickens and Calvin Austin work out and you see if you need to pay him. And so I think Chris Boswell is a guy you want to keep there. Um, It's harder to, to replace a, a top two or three kicker in the league than it is to replace a top 20 wide receiver in the league. So I think, uh, I think you give it to Boswell first, if you're going to go with Boswell or, or Deontay Johnson argument. Okay. I'm trying to think about Deontay. I I'm not, I have no problem. I think locking up Chris Boswell is a good move. I'm trying to think about Deontay Johnson. Could you see, I don't see him regressing. I said this earlier in the show. I don't see him regressing. I can, I can only see him getting better. And the wide receiver market is 
I, I, I use the analogy, it's skyrocketing like gas prices in our country right now. <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah, every deal that's done. I don't care if it's Hunter Renfro, the deal that AJ Brown got from Philadelphia. There's a part of me that is saying to myself, if the Steelers want this guy, you, you want to get him now. You want to get him yeah. while before, you know, he has a great 2022 season. Let's say he maybe doesn't have the targets that he had when Roethlisberger was under center, but he has a good year. He definitely boosted his stock. And next thing you know, a guy that you wanted to keep, he just priced himself out. Basically. Is there a part of you that thinks, okay, let's try to get in on this now rather than waiting and seeing what the cost would be after this year. Or do you still want to see him prove something? I don't know if he necessarily has anything to prove. I just think it's, it's about how you're going to manage your money and, and what kind of people you have in place in the organization to continue to carry the load. If you were to lose a guy like Deontay Johnson, uh, like you said, uh, regression this year, I don't see that happening. I think he's, he's got at least uh, an, an equal uh, value at quarterback back there um, with Trubisky or Pickett, uh, whoever starts there uh, as to what we had in, in Ben Roethlisberger last year. So uh, and you know it may even be an improvement uh, from 2021 Ben Roethlisberger. So uh, you you give Deontay Johnson another year to to work on his craft and hone it. And not that he has anything to prove, but he can he can still continue to be one of those top tier route runners. That being said, is it is it worth it to you if you're the Steelers to pay him now while the market is is booming, right? And, you know, maybe he prices himself out of Pittsburgh after this year, but has maybe he's already done that. I don't know how much it changes a year down the road based on the, the price tags that we're seeing for uh, middle of the pack wide receivers, let alone a guy who uh, puts up 100 catches and 1,000 yards uh, with the worst, one of the worst efficiencies in the league the last couple of years. Yeah. So my next question is, and you did a great job explaining why you would go after Boswell over Deontay Johnson this season. That's fine. If you were to pick a position though, with the money, the Steelers still have left. And after picket signs that 23 is going to go back down around 20, but still, if you still have, you have some space. If you were to pick a position that you want the Steelers to still add a player before training camp, that's the keyword before camp. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about a you know, roster trimming addition where someone cuts a guy, you value him, you bring him in. So before camp, what position would you want them to add? I'd love them to add along the defensive line, somebody that is a surefire starter. Uh, you know, you've got Cam Hayward, you've got Tyson Alawalu coming off of a foot injury, 33, 34, 34 years old. 30, almost 35, I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he is uh, getting up there in years. He's – as much as we like what he can bring to the table based on what we've seen, his his injury and just what he's gone through this last year, he's as much an unknown as anybody along the defensive line. Is he going to be able to, to make it a full season? Is he going to be able to put together a season uh, anywhere similar to what he did when he was healthy? 
that's a big unknown. And, and outside of Cam Hayward, that's all you've got is, is unknown. So I'd love to get in a guy that you, you can count on a guy that is going to give you starting quality reps and help shore up a, a position of need. That's probably priority. Number one, if I were to give a close second, it would be uh, maybe a third rusher off the edge. Uh, the Steelers haven't had a lot of luck bringing in veteran guys to be backups. Doesn't seem like they uh, work well with Pittsburgh and in, in uh, coming in to be a fill-in type role. We saw that with LeGarrette Blunt. We saw it with uh, Melvin Ingram. So I don't know how comfortable the Steelers are doing that. Maybe they just ride with a guy like Derek Tuska in the in the at the third uh, pass rush position. But you know, a guy with some experience there too. Uh, bring somebody in there and and shore up that weakness if one of your top two guys goes out heaven forbid that you better watch your mouth because you're talking about pass rushers on behind the steel curtain and you didn't mention two's our skipper he is a legend <laughs> at behind the steel curtain and he is going to change the game because oh, he's sure. back he's back That's right. hey if the guy picked up a, it? It, yeah if, if, if the guy picked up a few things and he said this when he came back to the media during minicamp, he said, you know, all his stops, whether it was New York, I think he was in Washington for a little bit. I know he went to Tennessee, but he, he, you know, he learned about the position more and drops and pass coverage. So, Hey, maybe the Steelers have a decent backup now. I mean, you think about taco Charlton last year, he was basically a defensive end four three defensive end. He couldn't drop into coverage. If you have a skipper and a Tushka or whatever you want to, however you say name, Tuska, Tushka, <laughs> whatever, if they can be those athletic, linebackers that can just spell TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Fantastic. I, I think it's great. And Jannard Avery can play both inside and outside. There you go. Hey, uh, last question here before I let you go. There's been a lot of reports after this Minka Fitzpatrick deal that the Steelers have the most expensive defense and the cheapest offense. Does that bother you at all? Not necessarily. Uh, I think it's a very young offense. It's guys that, either have yet to prove themselves or have done so to a capacity where they're waiting on contracts. We're talking about Deontay Johnson. Um, the offensive line is young. There's no superstars there. The quarterback situation is in flux. Uh, we'll see what we get there, but um, it's not like the offense is devoid of talent. Uh, if you're, if you are the Pittsburgh Steelers and you have the ability to spend that money on the defensive side of the football, while, allowing these young guys to be quality contributors. I think that that's not a problem right now. It may end up being a problem when you start thinking about does Devin Bush have a rebound year and all of a sudden he's in line for a, a, a big contract. The Steelers traded up for this guy. That's quite the commitment. They're going to think really long and hard about giving him an extended contract. If he were to have a really good year, um, how many more years does uh, Cam Hayward give you uh, Alex Highsmith as well? If he were to have a third year breakout, he's a guy that um, could draw some contract talks from the Steelers um, in after or going into year four as well. So you've got, you've got some things that could become a concern, but right now I do not think it's a problem as we sit here going into 2022. I agree. I agree. All right, Jerome, it's your chance to talk to the ride or die crew. Hey, I saw your Twitter account exploded up to like one eleven. So they've, they did yeah. it they, in the last week. They, my ride or die crew has helped you out a little bit. So I hope you appreciate that, but go ahead talk to them. 
yeah, absolutely do appreciate it. It was quite the uh, uptick all at once. So very <laughs> thankful for that. Ride or die crew is the the bomb. Um, so uh, Andrew and I are transitioning to a lot of fantasy talk over on the Steelers fix. So make sure you continue to check that out. We did talk some dynasty uh, stuff. And then uh, coming up, we're going to do uh, on our next Tuesday podcast, we're going to do a, an all potential fantasy football team. So we're going to pick the guys in each round that we think have the potential to break out big time in 2022. You're not going to want to miss that. And then I, we were talking about edge rushers. Uh, my next article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com coming out is the roster review of the outside linebacker position, the edge rushers in Pittsburgh. Take a look at that, see what you think, and answer the, the questions there. Get, give your comments when that gets posted. Follow me on Twitter at TheBets93, T-H-E-B-E-T-Z-9-3. Jeff, it's been fun. Yeah, for sure, Jeremy. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day, and uh, we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Happy Father's Day. All right. See you. All right. Big thank you to Jeremy Jerome Betts for taking the time. As he always does every Friday, it's great to talk to someone else on a Friday afternoon, uh, get, you know, bounce ideas off of stuff of that like that. So my heart to heart, as we always finish out on Friday, it's Father's Day weekend, also known as the U.S. Open weekend, <laughs> if you're a golfer like me. And uh, I'm heading back to Wheeling. Uh, I'll be ba- head back in Wheeling. Um, I'm getting a lot of golf in, golfing in a scramble on Saturday, golfing with my dad on Sunday, uh, not in a tournament, just just to play. And uh, on this Father's Day weekend, man, I, I just I just want to spend some time with my father. Uh, my brother was supposed to come into town as well, but he got sick. He's not feeling great, so he's staying back in, in Virginia. But uh, I, I just, you know, I think about me and where I am now, what I'm doing now. And there's a lot of, a lot of reasons that I am where I am because of my dad. And I know it's not just the Steelers fan thing. You a lot of, a lot of us on behind the steel curtain will say, you know, well, my dad made me a fan and my dad did make me a fan. I'm not going to say he didn't, but in terms of like work ethic and sometimes I mean, he was like the epitome of just shut up and just do the work. Like don't complain don't whine about it. Just shut up and do the work. And and that's really, I, I learned that at a very young age is to just be a grinder. You know, everyone wants to be the all-star and the all-pro, but you need those grinders on your team too. The people that just shut up and do the work. And so I want to spend some time today on the show just to say thank you to my dad. I love him more than life. Uh, I'm very thankful he's still around and to thank him for everything that he's given me, and that has nothing to do with being a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It has nothing to do with monetary. It's about teaching me how to be a man, teaching me how to be a father, and and teaching me the right and the wrong ways to do things, because I always do appreciate that. I know a lot of you out there that might be listening, you won't have your dad this weekend, and it might be tough. And I want you to do something that takes you back with that person when you remember them do something whether it's like for me when my dad leaves us it happens to everyone i'll probably spend father's day on the golf course with my kids because that's the way my dad spent it with me all these years and so do something and, and don't don't run away from those emotions embrace them feel it it's okay happy father's day if you're a father out there happy father's day 
I hope you enjoy it. hope you're able to be around those that you love. And I know I'll be surrounded by family, and that's awesome. So have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday. I'm really excited about the Monday show. It's going to be kind of crazy, kind of off the wall, and we'll have the Monday morning conversation, of course. But in the meantime, folks, you know how we finish out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Here's to you.